You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. We all have a life before we come to Christ. We've all lived in darkness. This just happens to be my journey. I grew up gambling in ghettos, throwing blows at jealous foes and puffing no smoke while trying to make some dough. It wasn't nothing all good coming up in my hood to make them ends meet. My mama did what she could, but it was understood I had to do for myself. So I used my sense to make dollars with the hand I was dealt. And even though I felt bad for hustling dimes, they always helped to pay the bills and rent on time. And yo, my Mama stopped crying when that food was frying. Even though where I told her I got it from, I was lying. Yo, I was trying in my mind to do right. I risked dying on the grind many nights. So when you look in my eyes, tell me, can you see all the misery that lies in my history? And all the tears I've cried internally and the fears that I hide deep inside of me. Huh. 19 years I've been a slave to Christ. I was a slave to life, but yo, he paid the price. So now my only master is the Lord above everything else is null and void. See, 19 years I've been a slave to Christ. I was a slave to life, but yo, he paid the price. So now my only master is the Lord above everything else is null and void. I'm a recovering sinaholic. I ain't scared to admit it to many sins in the past. Yeah, I was addicted. But the difference with me and a lot of the world is that I changed my ways. Now I'm daddy's little girl. And by daddy, yo, I mean the father above the one who gave his only son to show how much he loved us. So now what else could I do but show my gratitude by giving him all my love and trust? See, I'm not a saint. I did some dirt in the streets many nights. Yo, I put in work and many people are hurt, but God forgave it all. Now he's there to pick me up every time I fall. And when I call, he never, ever turns away. He listens to me every time I get down to pray. See, I can truly say that his grace is the only reason I'm still sitting here before you today. You see, 19 years I've been a slave to Christ. I was a slave to life, but yo, he paid the price. So now my only master is the Lord above everything else. It's null and void, yeah. 19 years I've been a slave to Christ. I was a slave to life, but yo, he paid the price. So now my only master is the Lord above everything else. It's null and void, but now that life's behind me because now I see my destiny put before me by my G-O-D and now I'm free. So I'm going to spread my wings flying high in the sky. That's the reason I sing. You see, 19 years I've been a slave to Christ. I was a slave to life, but yo, he paid the price. So now my only master is the Lord above everything else. Is null and void. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Soul Sisters. My name is Lexis, and today I want to talk to you about freedom. 
You see, we all are slaves to something. It's up to us to choose who we will be a slave to. You know, just recently we celebrated Juneteenth and it's taken a while for us to really acknowledge what that means. Biden has now made it a federal holiday. I got Monday off, but it's not just about having a day off. You know, it's not just about celebrating in, in vain. It's about really understanding what that freedom means. So I want to just read a little something about Juneteenth real fast. This is from the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And it talks about the historical legacy of Juneteenth. On Freedom's Eve, or the eve of January 1st, 1863, the first watch night services took place. On that night, enslaved and free African Americans gathered in churches and private homes all across the country awaiting news that the Emancipation Proclamation had taken effect. At the stroke of midnight, prayers were answered as all enslaved people in Confederate states were declared legally free. Union soldiers, many of whom were black, marched onto plantations and across cities in the South, reading small copies of the Emancipation Proclamation, spreading the news of freedom in Confederate states. Only through the 13th Amendment did emancipation and slavery throughout the United States. But not everyone in Confederate territory would immediately be free. Even though the Emancipation Proclamation was made effective in 1863, it could not be implemented in places still under Confederate control. As a result, in the westernmost Confederate state of Texas, enslaved people would not be free until much later. Freedom finally came on June 19, 1865, when some 2,000 Union troops arrived in Galveston Bay, Texas. The Army announced that more than 250,000 enslaved black people in the state were free by executive decree. This day came to be known as Juneteenth by the newly freed people in Texas. The post-emancipation period known as Reconstruction, 1865 to 1877, marked an era of great hope, uncertainty, and struggle for the nation as a whole. Formerly enslaved people immediately sought to reunify families, establish schools, run for political office, push radical legislation, and even sue slaveholders for compensation. Given the 200 plus years of enslavement, such changes were nothing short of amazing. Now, even a generation, no, I'm sorry, not even a generation out of slavery, African Americans were inspired and empowered to transform their lives and their country. Juneteenth marks our country's second Independence Day. Although it has long celebrated, it has been long celebrated in the African American community, this monumental event remains largely known as Juneteenth and it remains largely unknown to most Americans. And so when I think about that, I think about all of the emotions 
that must have come when they learned that they were free. It, it gives me just chills thinking about it, you know. For 200 plus years, African Americans have been enslaved and forced to work on plantations. Enduring such hardship, beatings and uh, rapes and killings and so much that they had to endure. And you have these 2,000 something troops march in to the plantations and tell you that you're free. I can only imagine the excitement that filled their bodies. But I could also imagine the fear that ensued with that. What did, they, what did that mean for all of their lives and a generation even before or so, they had been enslaved and everything that they did in life was dictated to them by their masters. And so now they're free. But what does that mean? You know, this past uh, week, I went through a, a, just a little microscopic part of that freedom. As you can see, I've cut all my hair off. <laughs> and um, it, it took some time for me to come to that decision to do it. And it took some time for me to get the courage to actually do it. Uh, from the time I was probably about 10, I've had some type of chemicals in my hat, head. I started with a kitty curl. Uh, I went to a jerry curl. Then I went to uh, a perm. What's in the black community is called a relaxer. It actually says relaxer on the box, <laughs> which is a whole other story to talk about. But I've always had some type of process in my hair because one, I, I didn't know really how to manage my hair um, in its natural state. You know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of beautiful black women to look at for um, inspiration in my community. And so all I saw was white, blonde hair usually, straight-haired people on TV. The Barbie dolls were white, the hair was straight, and that's what our nation, our country, looked at as beautiful. But when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see that. And so I didn't see beauty, and I struggled most of my life. And so when it came to a point that I could do something different to my hair and make it straight to look more like those beautiful women I saw in the media, that's what I did. And so when I got married, um, I talked to my husband, David, about wanting to stop using chemicals on my hair because we want to try to have a baby. And I've already got a few, mm, I don't want to say strikes, but a few challenges. Being over 40, you know, there's a high risk of birth defects and even infertility. Um, and, and so I wanted to do everything that I could do to take away environmental uh, factors that may influence some type of birth issue. So I decided I wasn't going to put any more chemicals in my hair. 
And so I wore protective styles, individual braids, ponytails, cornrows, um, all different types of protective styles um, until this past week. You know, it had got to the point that I had two hairdos going on under that protective style. I had Becky with the good hair on the top and I had Angela Davis underneath trying to break through that. And it became too unmanageable for me to to do something with it because it was straight on top, but then it was really tight and curly underneath. And so in honor of Juneteenth, I decided that I wanted to be free. And so I know a lot of you have watched my video on Facebook just with my journey, Um, but it took a lot. There was a lot of emotions involved. Um, I cut it myself. I I had to figure out what products to use afterwards. Um, And that weekend, was filled with so much emotion. I felt liberated and free. I didn't have to worry about, okay, what am I gonna do with my hair now? And how is it gonna turn out? Um, But I also felt like the struggle of, I'm not pretty anymore. And that was challenging for me. I had to accept that in myself, that I am beautiful. David has been so amazing in supporting my journey. Um, He just thinks I'm beautiful no matter what. I love him. Shout out to you, babe. But I had to accept that within myself. And so when I think about freedom, I think about um, the Israelites and the things that they went through and how they struggled with freedom. And so... In Exodus chapter 2, it's at a point, we know the story of Joseph and all of the hardship Joseph went through and everything that was done with him, but he finally rose to power. He was the second under Pharaoh. The famine came, his family came out there, they didn't recognize him at first, and then he revealed himself to him, and then he moved all of his family there so that they can be well taken care of. And it talks about how they multiplied so much that they were just taking the land over. So then Joseph's generation dies, and the king's generation dies that he was under. And you have this new king that came in that didn't know anything about Joseph and what he did. All he knew is that these Israelites were taken over. So he decided to enslave them. So then all of their freedom was snatched away and they became enslaved in Egypt. In Exodus 2 and verse 23 This is after Moses, you know, went through everything he went through and he was found by the princess and brought back and he lived a good life as well. But he went along and he saw his people being mistreated. And so in verse 23 of Exodus 2, it says, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. 
God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. I'm sorry. That's in uh, chapter three. But God in verse 25, it says, so God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. And I think about us in becoming disciples. You know, there's a time that we cried out to people, to God. Because we were so enslaved in the life that we were living that we wanted something else. And God heard us and he sent people into our lives to study the Bible with us. And we became disciples, true, true Christians. But then what happens? What happens after that in our lives? We live this life of freedom, but now we have to change everything about us. And just like the enslaved people in Texas, when the, the soldiers came to tell them they were free, we have a decision to make. Many people chose to stay in slavery because they didn't know what else to do. They were afraid of what would happen to them. Not to mention that at the time, the, the slave owners would try to catch them. They would have bounty hunters to catch them and bring them back. And they have witnessed so many people die around them. And, and this was instilled in their brain. It was burned in their brain. And so imagine having a choice now. You're going to go out into the wilderness and fend for yourself. Who's going to hire you? How will you take care of your family? Or are you going to stay here and allow me to take care of you? This same thing happened to the Israelites when they were freed from slavery in Egypt and they were led into the wilderness. And for a minute, they were grateful. For a minute, they saw the glory of God. But things got challenging and they didn't have food to eat. God sent them manna. But it wasn't like the food they had in Egypt. And they continued to go in the wilderness and they got tired and afraid. And they started to complain to Moses. Did you bring us out here to die? Why would you do that? We were better off in Egypt where we had meat. Do we get like that in our lives? What has challenged us and caused us to think about going back into slavery in our lives. It could be a lot of different things. I'm gonna tell you, sometimes slavery is not as easily seen as um, you would think. We could be slaves to depression, anxiety. I definitely have had my battles with depression and anxiety. Right now, I'm still battling anxiety. In 2019, I had to take a sabbatical for work for three months because I went through an episode of depression and it was challenging. I I couldn't even function. I had to get on medication and I also had anxiety. And so I finally got weaned off of that this year. But with the pressures of getting married and so many things that came with that, we, we were engaged and married within three or four months. So we had some very condensed 
uh, discipling and premarital counseling. And a lot of stuff happened and a lot of stuff came out that we had to wrestle with. We almost postponed the wedding. But during that time, it it triggered a lot of anxiety. Even though I was getting the desire of my heart, there was a lot of anxiety that came with that because now my whole life was changing from the 18 years that I had known before. The stability that I had known had been swept out from under me. And so I battle with a lot of anxiety and I still do now, even with COVID and, and people not wearing a mask and, you know, whatever, whatever it is, it has the potential to enslave us. Depression, anxiety, addiction. Now more than ever, people are battling with addiction because of this past year. And like I said, all of the anxiety and depression that's happened. People have lost their jobs. Hundreds of thousands of people have died from COVID, not to mention the Black Lives Matter movement, not to mention the economy, not to mention, not to mention, not to mention. And there's layers upon layers upon layers of things that can cause us to be enslaved to fear. But we still have a choice. Let's go to Romans chapter six. In verse one, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. Let's go down to verse 15. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but by grace, by no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that Though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your alliance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness. So now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things resulted in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. That is where we are today. Do we live like that? Or do we look back to Egypt and remember the stake that we sometimes got? Because a lot of times our memory can be skewed and we can only remember the good times. But what about the beatings and the lashing and the hard labor? They had to make bricks out of mud by their hands. When things get hard, we can forget about 
those things and just look, look to the things that gave us pleasure? What are we going back to in our lives? What are we looking back to? Is it marriage? I, I was talking to a sister about CR and she said, I'm addicted to love. And I said, well, what does that mean? And she said, it, it means that I would do anything to be loved. No matter what that means, above God, above my children, above everything else. Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy, right? And he also masquerades as an angel of light and he deceives us. How quickly that sister had forgotten that God is love. And so if you're addicted to love, that means you're addicted to God. But we look at other things to fill that need quickly because what addiction does is it plays on a, a part of our brain that releases these endorphins that give us instant pleasure. And if we're struggling with depression or anxiety or fear, that chemical can be kind of low in our brain. And so doing these quick fixes helps to release that endorphin really quickly and it helps us to feel better. But that's what God does, right? And, and please believe I am not trying to just say, oh, pray the depression uh, or anxiety away. If you just read your Bible, if you, I've experienced that. I've had people say that to me and it's very hurtful. So if you're saying that to people, please stop. Depression, anxiety, addiction, it's a real thing. PTSD is a real thing. But we have the choice to seek help for those things instead of turning to what comes quickly and what, what feels good for the moment because it's fleeing. And you have to do it more and more and more just to get that one little bit of pleasure release that you did in the beginning. But when we get help for these things, then we can be released from that bondage. You know, it talks about in John. In John chapter eight, in verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who is sin, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. You see, when we turn back to those sins and become enslaved again, it sets us apart from God's family and his control. It says... A slave is not a permanent member of the family. 
But Jesus came to set us free. In 36, so if the son sets you free, you are truly free. So we have the responsibility and the choice to decide if we are going to be free. We have the responsibility to get the help we need to be set free from those things that are enslaving us again. Because what happens is we go back into the same situation that we came out of. And if we are really truly honest with ourselves, that situation is not good at all. Close out in Deuteronomy. It talks about mm, I did not write my Deuteronomy scripture down, but I'm going to give it to you. So you know where it's at. But it talks about today, I give you the choice. Choose between life and death. Today we have the choice to choose between life and death. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So today I want to invite you to really look at your life to see what have you allowed yourself to be enslaved to again. And when you're honest and when we turn back to Christ, the Son will truly set us free. Thank you for listening today. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit metrolaregion.com.